So how does a long-haired heavy metal musician get to be one of the top creatives in his field? And how is life in advertising as we rock and roll into 2019? Hi, this is Bruce Abbott. Here at Radio Lounge, Ray Shillins and I feel the ad love with Jeffrey Jones, creative director of Freed Advertising. From Rotel to Chef Boyardee, the Texas Lottery to Mercedes-Benz, Jeff is a great example of what makes our industry fun. He also answers the question of how an advertiser can better use an agency to benefit their brand. Our conversation with Jeff starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Vinny Velveeta is in the building. Well, he's Speaking actually of- not in the building. He's on the phone. Speaking you know, of smelly cheese. <laughs> Vinny Velveeta. You know, if, it, that's a great idea. Vinny Velveeta. It's the smelly Velveeta. I like yeah. that. If for those of you who are just not happy with the regular Velveeta, it's Vinny Velveeta. Where did you get Vinny Velveeta? All that means is that I'm shelf stable and I'm easily meltable. <laughs> okay, well, I'm filled an ac- with chemicals. <laughs> I, that's yes. an accurate description of Jeff Jones, who is creative director at Freed Advertising here in Houston. We we have a chance to work with Jeff a lot on a lot of different projects over many many years, and uh, always what we do is we end up having a whole bunch of fun. And occasionally get some work done uh, beyond that. But uh, so, so here's Jeff Jones, uh, Houston born and raised. Is that correct, Mr. Jones? That is correct. Yes, okay, I good. couldn't get more Houston than if I tried. Really. And the only the only person that I know who also knows somebody in Gloversville, New York. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I mean, what are the odds? Uh, That's right. I think I've been cool. there. My my wife's nonita. God rest her soul, a wonderful spitfire of a lady, a uh, little four-foot nothing uh, Sicilian woman. Uh-huh. Who, wielding first, a rolling pin, right? Yes, wielding a rolling pin. And when she first met me, I had uh, long rocker hair, as you did, as you did in those days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was dating my to-be wife, and she looked at me, and she said, uh, she goes, I know you look like a girl. But you are a good boy. Oh. So that endeared us to each other you were uh, quite in nicely. At that point. I was in at that point. Hey, man, are you going to grow the, your hair back, Jeff? Is... You ever going to grow your hair back, huh? huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I can just Without see... a doubt. Okay, I'm starting good. right now. Okay, I just, good. I'm freshly shorn from yesterday. No shaving. But I will live vicariously okay. through you. Yes. <laughs> You're but I, have to. <laughs> uh, speaking of, you, I, you asked about Vinny Velveeta earlier, which is a, a silly moniker that was foisted upon me, as was Sheffer, which is the nickname that I have kind of uh, earned over the years, and that originally came from Nonita because she could not remember my name. <laughs> Well, it seems like a tough name to remember, so, four right. letters. She, she yeah. was trying to impart some wisdom on me across the room and couldn't remember who this doofus was who was dating her granddaughter. <laughs> I, so Sheffer, yeah, Sheffer, S-C-H-E-F-F-E-R. And then uh, Vinny Velveeta, to answer the question from five minutes ago, yeah. was... <clears throat> That is my stage name, because as you know, I am part of the world-famous, fabulous schlock and roll band, The Unmentionables. Yes, yes. Yes. A very good Elvis band and a whole bunch of other genres as well, right? 
Uh, yes, absolutely. We do. We do some. We do a whole Elvis set, uh, uh, kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. and then most of it is just everything that we grew up with on the radio, or that uh, we we thought at the time of its inception. Boy, wouldn't it be funny if a band played this song? That kind of a thing. Yeah. And nowadays, it's not as as unique as. Uh, I guess we thought it was or whatever. But nonetheless, a lot of fun. It's yeah. it's my myself, my brother, Darren, uh, mm-hmm. and then a very good friend of mine that I met in this silly industry, Alan Babb. Yes. Uh, who is creative chief poobah at um, the Lee Group. And then his two brothers, uh, Mark and Paul, and then our friend Richard Alban, who... AKA the king. So anyway, so this ancestral relationship continues here into your adulthood. Is that what you're saying? It does. Yes, and it kind of for a while there was a quasi sort of ad agency band. It, it spilled out from kind of getting into history. Now I was uh, I I kind of came up through uh, FKM or Fogarty Klein Monroe or Fogarty Klein and Partners or Fogarty Klein or uh, one of its many names. But Ninth, Tenth, and Eleventh Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, all and of those That things. company and the company of others. And the company of a whole bunch Therese of Three's Company, I think, also. and, and <laughs> Yes. Until and, Jack died then. And, and, yeah. when, and when, what we would do, uh, quite fun, Ali, is have a, uh, a talent show for our Christmas party. And so me, me and some like-minded guys that, I play guitar, well, I can, you know, bash out a tune. We kind of threw together this little set each year as like the little agency band. And The Unmentionables' actual first iteration was at uh, an FKM Christmas party. And there I was dubbed Vinnie Velveeta by uh, some guys over there at Fogarty. So... Wow. Didn't give it to myself, but I loved it. Yeah, I am the king of cheese, as it turns out. <laughs> I can see a Texas custom license plate in your name uh, as well. You know what I'm saying? Now, oh yeah. the The funny thing is, is when I think of Velveeta, Rotel was actually a client you were working for. And, this is true. And the this combination of those two make the ultimate in cheap queso. So therefore, yeah. good queso. You have good. you 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 have earned this Vinnie Velveeta moniker. Yeah, that was a great account to work on, and we did a lot of really cool stuff, and got to do a lot of neat music. And speaking of music, and with trout fishing in America, can you tell the Rotel story about the uh, the jingle that you did uh, for them? We had uh, somehow acquired the account, and it was. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of, uh, I think before that, uh, well, actually what started sort of the package goods uh, train we rode for a while there was ranch-style beans, and uh, and then we started to accumulate a lot of other stuff based on the strength of that work, which was really nice. And this little kind of mid-size in national terms agency was starting to poke the big guys in the eye and steal a lot of their kind of national brand accounts so that was a that was a fun ride for for a while there for a few years but so we got Rotel 
and uh, we're trying to come up with a, a really memorable way to uh, what were we doing? It was we were promoting a new salsa they had they had come up with a pico de gallo salsa, which I don't believe is it, it exists anymore. Hmm. It was very good. Sure. Um, and originally we wanted to use uh, Copacabana, the uh, you know the the Barry Manilow classic, and. So kind of, re, you know, we wanted to, of course, rewrite the lyrics and, you know, kind of use that borrowed interest of a very famous song and and uh, wrote our version of Copacabana and approached the Barry Manilow camp and were quickly turned away when he demanded an exorbitant amount of money. Mm-hmm. Ruinous, ruinously expensive this was. Yes. So... We had to go a different direction, and um, uh, one of the guys at at Fogarty had mentioned this song by there's a there's a little duo, very clever duo called Trout Fishing in America, and really cool guys, and they have a song called Pico de Gallo. I'm not exactly sure if they wrote it originally, but they recorded it and popularized it, and it was really good, and it was essentially perfect right out of the gate so we just had to uh change a few things and 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 brand it with rotel but it was a it was a very nice way to pick a relatively obscure song from a smaller hungrier musical outfit (laughs) that means you got a good deal on it right yeah that's where i'm getting (laughs) yeah yeah. but not demanding Barry Manilow money. Especially, you know, wasn't he famous for being a jingle guy? Well, he was. Yeah, he yeah, wrote American so, Bandstand and a whole bunch of other stuff. Exactly. As well. So, you know, he knows he knows what kind of gravy gravy boat jingle writing mm-hmm. is. Um, speaking of gravy, um, so <laughs> so yeah, so we contacted Trout Fishing in America. Uh, they were very keen to the idea, and they said, "Okay, we'll do it. Uh, we're actually recording an album right now in Nashville." And if you would just cover our studio costs for the day, uh, we'll do it. We'll happily do it. And we said, okay, you know, the client said, okay, hooray. (laughs) So that was amazing fun. Uh, Flew out to Nash, Vegas, and met with those guys. And they happened to be recording in famous RCA Studio B, Mm -hmm. which made me super happy because... I learned that's where Elvis recorded his famous Christmas album, among other famous Elvis recordings. Wow. So, holy moly, I'm in the room where Elvis was. And yeah. in fact, this was funny, and I don't know if it's true or uh, legend, but there's a hole in the wall in that studio where they claim Elvis got really mad one night and kicked a hole in the wall. And they decided to keep it, you know, because... Elvis because kicked Elvis kicked the hole in the wall, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Wow, that's cool. And, and, was and it was a patented Elvis karate move, you know. Oh, so, yes. Uh, but it's really neat. It was they were actually giving tours of the studio while we were in there working. So there'd be this, you know, glass window, and people would kind of wander by and look in. And you felt like an animal at the. There? You you What's, felt like an animal at the zoo. Uh, yes, much, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's time uh, to it, feed the musicians. I, it was a it was a tiny 
pinky toe dip into what could be perhaps perceived as what it would be like to be a big time music guy yeah. for five seconds. So I you got know, a little taste of that. I, I'm being a musician. Do you think that's uh, a plays a role in uh, the success in your creative endeavors? In other words, is that a benefit to having that musical background? Do you think? I think it is in in lots of ways. Actually, you know, uh, being a copywriter and kind of when I was coming up learning to write, I realized that there's sort of a, a, a rhythm to copy. Uh, there's a there's kind of a rhythm or a, a music to to good copy, and especially getting it to kind of cram into the allotted time slots that we're given. You know, whether it's a thirty second or a you know back in the glory days a 60 second radio but mm-hmm. there's there's kind of a rhythm and a cadence not to say that it's a you know like a a stanza of rap lyrics but there's right. just there's just kind of a there's a music to good copy that really sings and you know there's i guess there's a reason why that's used as a descriptor so that's but been a big it's benefit also, Say again, I'm sorry. That's been a big benefit for you. Then, it has, you. yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, I've got to I've got to do a lot of really cool, fun stuff musically. Just, uh, let's. Uh, I worked on the Texas Lottery for uh, several years, and we did a whole musical campaign for their scratch games. And, and when I mean musical, I mean that in the sense of, like, Busby Berkeley musicals or, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein or whatever. Wow. Uh, you know, there was... Like one was set in a park fountain, and it was very kind of that. Is it Busby Berkeley? Is that the right? What was the uh, what was the synchronized swimming movies? <laughs> Do you remember those? I don't know the name, but I can picture them as we speak. Yeah, yeah, I just that kind of thing. So we kind of we kind of riffed on that and played on that. So it was that sort of grandiose sort of '30s musical number, and I got to write that, and that was a lot of fun. And then one was based in a bank, so it was very jailhouse rock-ish, you know. Hmm. And then there was one that was set in a uh, kind of a honky-tonk, and it was very hoedown. So it was all these animated coins that were, you know, line dancing together. But, you know, it was it was exploring cool musical genres, getting to write all the lyrics and melodies even, and then taking my, uh, you know, primitive warblings and you know, cassette tape recordings of how this kind of should go to very talented music houses and having it turned into actual real stuff. So, wow. you know, that, that helped a lot. Um, I did a, I did a song for Subway too. We got to work with Jared, um, <laughs> back before Jared was a, a, a bad word. He's listening and, now today, by the way. He's, <laughs> Yeah. Right. Hi, Jared. He, he writes doing, us buddy? letters from time to time. Yeah. He does, yeah. Okay, no, not really. Uh, I hope not. Correspondence, <laughs> prison correspondence there, nope. Bruce. Nope, he didn't no? say that. Nope. nope. No, he didn't? Okay. No, okay. And, uh, <laughs> no he, j- um, he writes my kids all the time. Oh, God. oh well, that's, that's different. Oh, <laughs> that's different and more horrifying than I imagine. Should I be concerned? This is all fake, okay? Fake news. Do we, do we need a disclaimer at the end of this? Yeah, we yeah. probably do. And probably a Hail Mary, too, in there as well. But, Uh-oh. you know, but I got to, to write a song for that. And I kind of sat in my office with my little office guitar and, and you know, bashed out a a tune that turned, in, that turned into Buckle Down, Skinny Up, because they were 
promoting a kind of a low-fat barbecue sandwich at the time. So, so you 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 bumped into Jared while he was in the uh, the commissary or the kitchen, chomping oh, down yeah. on something for lunch. What what was he having <laughs> for right. lunch, Jeff? What was he having? Yeah, it was bizarre. I mean, I, I kind of walked down to the to the kitchen there, and I turned the corner and of all the people in the world sitting there was Jared, who was the famous subway guy at the time. And I, you know, I had no idea why he was in our offices or anything. <clears throat> and it's just me and him and he's sitting there and I catch him like a uh, mid bite out of a, a Popeye's chicken <laughs> leg. And, uh, and I, I, I stopped frozen and I just looked at him and I said, you're busted. <laughs> <laughs> And he kind of boy, just you were prophetic. And, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I just kind of shrugged and kept on going, and, and that was pretty funny. But uh, and for a while, I think we started working with uh, regional subway uh, franchisees for PR purposes, and then that turned into some advertising along the way, and that's when the buckle down, skinny up thing uh, well, you, happened. You know, it's funny because uh, such great stories, such great client stories, and you have such a, a history here of working in advertising. And, and it's funny because when you talk about things like jingles and you were joking about the, you know, 60 second radio spot that hardly ever occurs anymore. So a lot of times when people are thinking of advertising agencies and, and what they do, you know, there's obviously the whole Mad Men uh, thing. And, you know, sometimes it's thought of as an old model and only a small sliver of what marketing entails involves, you know, advertising and advertising agency. But, Right. With these clients, and especially some of these big clients, and some of the stuff that you see today, what are areas that an agency is involved with that maybe people don't realize? That it's more than just radio, television, and making some jingles. What are some areas that a client who may not understand the internal workings of an agency could be surprised to know that, hey, we do this, and we do this, and we're oh, involved yeah, that's in this? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um because it is so much more than that stuff. I, it is exactly like Mad Men. I will admit that right off the bat. You know, everybody's got their bottle of scotch, their, bottle of scotch, and and mistress other things, <laughs> or three, or three, and we all drive red Jaguar convertibles. But um, this is uncanny how true this is. It is. I know. And, no. And uh, no, honey, put that. Put that down. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, it's lots and lots of other things, and quite kind of pedestrian seeming and boring, and then and and other sort of really y'all need us to do that things as well. I mean, I've I've written everything from menus to uh, canned pasta labels to uh, something as simple as a flyer. I've done on-hold messaging. Yeah. You know, the kind of, thank you for calling. Your call is important to us. Which is not uh, true. Yeah. It's not ever true. Yeah. And that's not true. Yeah. And uh, so there's that kind of stuff. We do, There's a lot of pre-sort of advertising stuff that uh, we also do. A lot of kind of brand uh, branding before you get to the branding. I'm not explaining this well, but I guess what I mean is like we'll come up with a, a brand promise, a brand's positioning, a brand's personality. We'll develop 
a brand story, which is, you know, kind of how copy could go, sort of the vibe and tone and feel of copy, but it's not actually copy. You know, sure. we'll, there's a lot of sort of pre-thinking that girds and helps build a foundation for a brand, and it's and and brands do this if they're rebranding. They could be established for a long time, but they kind of need to take a new direction, or from something that's starting from scratch, or something that uh, we've we've had clients where they've never really thought of those things before or thought in those terms and yeah. they could be, you know, pretty successful from the get-go on, on their own merits, but, you know, it's time to take that next step sort of a thing. So we do a lot of, excuse me, we do a lot of stuff like that. Um, there's just any and all manner of stuff. Like I think I mentioned flyers, you know, things that you wouldn't think, you know, an agency would well, and a lot of a times part they, of, you, you know, videos, just all kinds of that, and that's the thing. Sometimes with this technology, social media, uh, you know, video usage, and at the core, everything still must represent a brand, right? And so, therefore, to get a message and a positioning that you want, you still you still interact with things like social media and and technology, and it's just it's a merging of those two. It is indeed, and 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 I think that's where the kind of the expertise of an agency comes in most handy or is most vital because, like that thing I described before, like the personality, the positioning, um, that kind of stuff. That everything that we do then spills out of that, and it's it's a literal document that's created, and and it's the blueprint for everything that goes forward. So whether it's a social media post, whether it's I've written email subject lines, <laughs> you know. Sure. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I'll I'll write a, a a TV campaign and then I'll write email subject lines, and but everything has to be, and and I guess what I mean is the agency is vital to keep the brand on brand, and to make sure that everything is cohesive and that every touch point that the consumer. Uh, has with that brand, it, there's consistency throughout, and and a lot of times, uh, you know, kind of one of my the things I lament most after doing this for such a long time is that over the years, agencies have been essentially relegated to just another vendor in the minds of a lot of a lot of uh, clients. Sure, and. You know, because it's like, well, you'll just kind of handle that thing that I want done. And a lot of stuff is dictated, you know, rather we're we're more and more each year we're looked at less and less as a as a vital partner and 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 an expert. You know, it's that's kind of the thing that's most frustrating. You know, it's like you hired us for a reason, yet you're dictating every single thing and don't want to listen to our recommendations. So we end up you know, it's a, it's a constant battle. And sometimes you just pick those battles and, you know, you, you relent and the client's always right, just as the, the customer's always right. Cause it's their money. It's their, it's their thing ultimately, you know? Um, but I think it's that, it's that expertise and that experience that an agency can bring to 
a project or a, or a company or a brand or a campaign that uh, is getting overlooked more and more. And I think I wandered off into something and forgot the original question. But you, you've wandered into a really <laughs> no, you, you you answered the real question, the the first question. And it, it, it makes me ask a new question. You obviously really love what you do, uh, and you meet those challenges, and you come back to work the following day, and you have more challenges, and you overcome them. So at the end of a day uh, at work, uh, what, is, what is the most important thing for you in your world, then? I used to always joke that I am spectacularly unqualified to do anything else. And it's, <laughs> and it's true. You know, I kind of fell into this... Uh, this industry, this job, and I was just glad that someone would have me, you know. But um, I guess the most important thing for me at the end of the day, seriously, is, uh, gosh, I don't know. It, it's this is this will sound trite and petty, but appreciation, <laughs> ah, <laughs> you okay. know, for 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 what I can I can bring and what we as an agency can bring to the success of a, of a client. Um, and that's not to say I don't ever get that, but, uh, and it also, you know, you gotta be super thick skinned to be in this industry from the get go. I had a creative director, a good friend of mine once say, you know, the first thing I think of, well, not necessarily the first thing I think of, but the thing I think of, the thing I come up with, the thing I, I concept. And yes, we use that as a verb. Uh, the thing I create is absolutely perfect and then i have to go show it to somebody else (laughs) and that's the moment when well i don't know did you consider this or did you think of that you know yeah and and it's true because you start you have to you know yes we sort of sell stuff for a living but we even internally amongst each other have to sell each other on these ideas before it ever gets to the client and then you know we have the agency consensus and we're all in alignment with this now, hello client. Here is our here is our idea, you know. Because I, you know, we're told no all the time, whether by uh, peers or you know, we're, this is a team sport. Obviously, you know, we all work. We work with. I work with art directors and designers and other creative directors, and you know, and it, and it takes it takes us as a team to create what we do. But we all have to believe in it. But that just means you're going to be rejected or told no or maybe steered in a different direction. And you got to be cool with that or you'll never get anywhere. You can't, you know, fall in love with your baby because it's probably going to get thrown out. <laughs> so which kind of leads me, our, our, our big finale here, kind of the main gist of this podcast is how can a client make the most of their relationship with an agency? Well, I, man, I'd say just trust us, you know, just tr- trust the agency that you believed in enough to hire or at least talk to, you know, but it's that you've hired us now. We are, we are engaged to do work on your behalf. You know, it would, it, it would be great to, you know, dig into our experience and let us utilize our experience and the expertise we have in whatever area it is to to let your business shine you know we're not, we're not in your business but we know how to tell people about your business and to get them to do things on behalf of your business so 
That's what I think. I just I think just trust us. Let us do the stuff we know how to do, so you can do the stuff you know how to do uh, even more successfully. Wise words from Vinnie Velveeta. <laughs> one of the one of the things we love about your attitude, Jeff, is you've got a you've got a, a great you know obviously the, the skin is there the tough skin is there but you've got a great positive uh, uh, attitude about stuff. Uh, you've also got the uh, the back of a duck. Uh, that means things <laughs> that means things roll off it, which is his a, wife uh, said that. Like, where are you going time. with that? <laughs> you saying my ass looks big, Ray? <laughs> I had noticed. Uh, saying that, I'm waddling. Possibly so. Have you ever thought of doing squats? In your old age, in your old age, yes, squats are good. That's for sure. That's good. Have, you know, thanks for thanks for bringing some uh, uh, some light to to what you do, and uh, and I'm sure a lot of folks are going to get uh, uh, a lot of fun out of listening to this podcast. Jeff well, Jones thanks, is creative Dad. director of free advertising in Houston. Uh, you were going to say something, sir? Oh yeah, uh, I was just going to thank you guys. Uh, you have made since I've met you guys, work has become less like work and a lot more fun. Like you said at the beginning, yeah. and that makes a ton of uh, difference uh, in in how I have that uh, backside like a duck. Um, <laughs> just the added the attitude, but you know, I look at it this way. It's advertising. It's not brain surgery. Uh-huh. It's not rocket surgery or whatever yeah. they say. Yeah. Um, uh, it's important because it is the you know one of the most vital parts of this big cog of uh, capitalism that I'm such a big fan of. Um, but at the same time, eh, it's just advertising. You know, we're <laughs> just selling beans or whatever. Uh, <laughs> can't take it too seriously yeah yeah you're honestly abs- you can't you're absolutely right gotta have fun with it. jeff you are having fun thanks for being uh, part of our uh, podcast today and uh we can now officially say Vinny velvita has left the building <laughs> oh, oh. thanks guys i'll see y'all soon i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> thanks jeff feel the ad love is a production of radio lounge copyright 2019 Listen for more at RadioLoungeUSA.com for sound design and audio production services for broadcast, corporate, e-learning, podcasting, pretty much anything that needs sound. If you love what you hear, let's talk. Again, RadioLoungeUSA.com. I'm going to go back to sleep now. Yeah. <laughs>